0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the OLA Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Dan, coming to you for episode 184. And if you want to uh, catch all of our episodes, feel free to do so on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a nice five-star rating and a review. Uh, we're going to do things a little different for the midweek episode this week, and we will tell you about that in a couple of seconds here. But first, let me bring in here Sam Lopresti. Hello, Sam.
1: It is apt that we're doing this a couple days after another guy from the youth system provided such a snazzy goal for the winner.
0: Yes. Over the weekend. Yes. We like when the kids, The uh, at least two out of three of the, the guys that they trotted out for a next-gen press conference, beginning of last season uh contributing oh yeah chucks hello chucks
2: hey good evening guys or uh good evening good morning good afternoon wherever you were uh, dialing in from oh wait we're on a podcast now so we don't <laughs> dial in anymore
0: yes we're, <laughs> we're not running on aol my friend
2: no no not on the dial up internet aol or uh what is it yahoo messenger uh all the <laughs> all the throwbacks <laughs> but uh yeah good to get to talk to everyone again and uh, yeah let's get You've started got
0: mail. <laughs> I'm not e- not even gonna attempt to try and uh, make the dial up sound that we're all probably so used to in our in our respective childhoods, although for you, Chucks, I don't know what things were like over in over in the motherland, but yeah, we used carrier pigeon carrier
2: pigeon <laughs> nah. Ah, the Dutch. This is called vintage, bro. Vintage.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I mentioned things are going to be a little bit different and a little change of pace. And that is because instead of looking at uh, another bad team coming to Turin after Juventus win a big game against a rival, we are going to talk about one of the most informed players. I feel like in, let alone Serie A, but potentially Europe. And no, it is not somebody who is actually wearing a Juventus jersey this season. It is somebody who hopefully comes back and wears a Juventus jersey next season, or depending on what unreliable Italian media outlet you read, could, and I'm let me emphasize, could come back if Juventus choose to do so in January, and that is Matthias Sule, the young Argentine who uh, is playing so well, apparently Luciano Spalletti would like him to play for Italy. <laughs> so, uh, not only is that going on, but Matthias Soule is absolutely lighting the world on fire uh, during his Lone Spell at Forsenone, and let me just say, uh, I knew he was talented, but I don't know if I expected this. I kind of did. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, here I, we go. Say. Sam Lepressi holding up the sign, I was right. No, it's, <laughs> and, uh, I'll, I'll say,
1: I, I wasn't expecting it to be quite this crazy, but at the same time, I always thought that, you know, this is a guy that the Argentinian national team called up for a friendly or two before he ever even played a first team match for Juve. So obviously the skills were there. And you know, we saw a little bit of it last year when he did play for Juventus. Uh you know, there was the, the one game that he started that uh the, it was a derby d'Italia that he actually played very well in. I think the limiting factor and this is going to be a major I think the major thing about Matthias Soule is going to be when he is back at Juventus, where is he playing? Because he is playing as a right winger right now, which is the way he was meant to be playing and look at what happens. (laughs) You know, you can say that about a lot of other guys that Max Allegri has tried to shoehorn into positions that are not their own, who leave and then flourish in another context. So the, the big thing for me is, you know, you talk about bringing Sule back in January, he would only ever be part of this, two, I, I would assume he would be part of the, the two man up front in, in the 352 which is going to sap his effectiveness a little bit, the same way it still does for Federico Chiesa to an extent. And is that the right way to go about things? You know, I, I think that that whenever Sule is back on the team, it begs a serious question as to, as to tactics and to form and to whether or not Max Allegri is willing to take the necessary steps to put, his best players into their best positions, because if he doesn't, then they're just going to get kind of crammed into a box when you want them to be out and flourishing the way, the way Sule is now.
0: Yeah. Chucks, I'll, I'll bring you in on this one. Obviously Sule, he's started, Eight games, all eight games he's played and he started. He's averaging about eighty-five minutes. He scored five goals. He's outperforming his own personal xG by about a goal. So, you know, it's it's not him basically, you know, scoring worldies all the time. But I think just kind of the the overall product, whether it's you know scoring chances created for himself or for his teammates. You know, luckily for us, there are a couple other Juventus youngsters there. So, you know, watching Frosinone is just is not just Sule vision for ninety minutes every every weekend. But uh, I I think for me, you know, it's it's really just a young guy getting his first chance to potentially become a protagonist for a lower level team in Serie A, and he's just taking this opportunity and running with it, isn't he?
2: Yeah. uh, No. Just to touch on that, I mean he's you know he's only 20 years old Let, let's let's remember that and i think in this day and age of football i think we it's almost like kids have gotten younger in the sense that like we would expect you know back back in the day we would expect players <laughs> maybe at like i don't know 24 25 26 to kind of kick off their careers and like be i don't know end products um at that age and then the years prior it's just kind of shaping your career and figuring out where your best position is where your best style of play etc cetera, etc cetera. i think now the expectations in football are well as as the amount of money and yeah sponsorship money and commercial revenue and all that just the amount of money in football has increased just so much likewise the expectations i think have have increased and now we expect the same demands we expect of players maybe three four years younger instead of like you know 25, 26, 27, we'll expect that type of end product or like, are you there yet? Kind of feeling of a player around maybe, you know, 22 or something. We expect that then. So that's, that's uh tough for players. So, you know, I do want to temper that and just remember, you know, he is 20 years old. And as we talked about last episode with the uh, the mighty Daniele Ruggani, how he's having kind of a, uh, you know, I don't know, a second lease of, life in his career, you know, playing for Juve. And he is only, you know, was it 29? I think it was uh, only 29 years old. Hugani uh, is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's just keeping that perspective is important. But yeah, to, to, you know, to the point on Sule right now, I think at this point in his career, the priority is just playing well, playing every game, period, like playing or playing as much as possible. I think that's priority number one. And then secondly, it's really just figuring out, again, what is your best position? What's your best style of play to play inside? You know, are you a player who thrives on a counter-attacking team? Okay, you know, that's one thing. Um, Are you a player who really loves to play in just a, uh, I don't know, tiki-taka type of, uh, you know, team that's always on the front foot? Okay, then that's a different style of play. Like, you know, just kind of figuring that out. So, I mean, clearly, Sule is figuring out things pretty nicely right now. But as Sam said, OK, like right now he's playing kind of right winger in a, I guess, four, two, three, one, according to LiveScore, <laughs> uh, uh, LiveScore.com. So if that's his best position, well, I mean, or best position slash best formation, like Sam said, clearly that's not going to work at this current Juve because that's just we play a three five two where he would either have to be a right wing back, which means he would have to be have far more defensive responsibilities or he would have to play centrally in that kind of central winger position as Chiesa is doing, which would also, you know, probably kind of stifle his uh, his potential. So, yeah, again, I think that's from now till the end of the season. I think the priority for him and just kind of for us watching him is is figuring out in what conditions is he his best self. And, you know, can those condi- conditions be replicated at a UV? If yes, bring them on back. If not, I mean, we'd either have to change the style of play, which uh, is you going to do that? Unless your name is Lionel Messi, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> so, uh, Max agree
0: yeah, I mean, Inter yeah. Miami confirmed.
2: Hey, man, Miami's the place to be. That's the great Will Smith one saying. <laughs> hey, man, that's was a great song. It's a great song. <laughs>
1: The other thing for for Sule, Danny, you talked about him also setting things up. He's averaging two and a half key passes per game.
0: Yeah, I w- I wanted to mention that. Uh, you know, he he came on as a sub in Frosinone's Coppa Italia win against Torino a few days back last week. Uh, do you guys want to guess how many key passes? Albeit it went to extra time, so he's got an extra thirty minutes there. But do you guys want to guess how many key passes he had off the bench? in that game? I'll go with five. He had six.
2: Oh, I say four.
0: (laughs) And, you know, watching that game, it was, it was very much, uh, two teams who were absolutely gassed. Kyle George, by the way, had the assist on the game winning goal. So I know Sergio isn't here, but shout out Kyle George. Uh, but yeah, it just, it just shows you how in a short amount of time he's become really kind of forcing uh, offensive hub and how so much of, what they're doing well in terms of the final third really has kind of gone through him.
1: Yeah. And to, you know, you imagine him on one wing and he on the other.
0: Eh? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Sorry. The only wings I think about are wing backs.
1: <laughs> <sighs> we got to get you
2: deprogrammed Danny. <laughs>
0: Been a few years with Max. I, uh, I don't
2: know. <laughs> Nah, Max is playing left back. So there you go. <laughs> no left bit, wing back, bring him all the way back.
0: Left, left wing back, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, that's and wing backs, full backs, gosh, nah, put them anywhere. Put them anywhere defensively. That's um, right. but, no, that's I mean uh, that's also another kind of common I guess conundrum with uh, young players. Young players that thrive at like, you know, smaller teams and then get bumped up then to bigger teams or bought bought by bigger teams. Uh, it's, you know, they they might be like the star player at Flosinone or an Empoli or whatever at a smaller team, but then obviously the story changes dramatically when they are not in the spotlight. They're not the center of the show anymore at a Juve or an Inter or at a Milan, or, you know, whatever bigger team. And it's it's that adjustment that I often see tripping up younger players. You know, that shift from. Obviously, I mean, just different requirements, like, you know, when you're at on and then, you know, the weight of the shirt, uh, the Juve, you know, there's that. But I mean, I think just like even beyond that, just not being at the center of attention anymore at a new, at the bigger club, that that is something that younger players really do struggle with sometimes. And yeah, that's why I think I'm, I'm generally in favor of having players like Sule or just younger, you know, other younger players stay at, smaller clubs like this for longer rather than shorter there's a tendency to you know see them do well for a season and a season and then kick them right back up to juve or to you know milan or whatever bigger club um i'm not really a fan of that so yeah i'd like to just see him yeah become a leader just become a leader period at any you know i don't care if it's out of Jose you known and it's still being a leader of a city uh, club i mean a top league club of one of the biggest one of the biggest leagues in the world i mean okay as full as you know it but still like that's extremely significant to be a leader at such a young age to strive for that obviously i mean he's not i mean it's only been a few games so let's you know let's not get too ahead of ourselves but i think that would be a great goal for him and to be that and then transition into a bigger bigger club
0: Don't
1: mess him up when he
0: comes back, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess just to to wrap it up on Suley before we get to a a couple and of... don't sell him for. don't <laughs> sell him for money. Like let your
1: kids play. That's money in your pocket. Suley taking a big role in this team is money that you didn't have to pay for a guy like Domenico Berardi, who, you know, the 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 connections are coming again for the January transfer window with Berardi, but... Because they, they always will. They always will. But, you know, there there's your Berardi. There's your move for Berardi right there. And all it takes is him coming back from loan next year.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think the good thing uh, is that Juventus are reportedly close to agreeing to a contract extension for him, which is something we don't see with a lot of on-loan players, mm-hmm. especially ones who are still very much at a low cost level, salary wise, like Sule, I would assume is. But also he's obviously done very well in these first, you know, handful of games for Frosinone for But I feel like at this point he's at least earned a shot at Juventus for next season. Obviously. We, oh, absolutely. we have no idea how it's gonna go, but you know I mean,
1: we thought that um, yeah we thought the same thing about Rovella this year, right?
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> Touche.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but th- but that's what I'm saying is don't do that again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like I said, I lean towards letting him stay. Like, if he continues to do this well at Fosinone, I would honestly lean towards him either still staying, honestly, a season at, an extra season at Fosinone or or another club on loan rather than bringing him back prematurely just because, like, I don't know, you get jittery and you just want to, you know, bring him back. I I really lean towards giving younger players more time to develop, uh, more time under, not necessarily no pressure, but just kind of, lesser pressure rather than immediately putting him into you know the high stakes UV environment yeah
0: i mean his play is very much i feel like at least the second biggest reason as to why Frosinone is sitting mid-table after the first quarter of the season so being a recently promoted club like they are i would assume that they have to be pretty dang happy with where they're sitting knowing that you know a lot of a lot of relegation battlers, or a lot of newly promoted sides, I should say, outside of those owned by uh, the the now deceased uh, Silvio Berlusconi, who spends a lot of money, uh, are probably thinking: as long as we can avoid relegation in our first season, we've done good. So, on that note, we've got a couple of Twitter questions here. Since we didn't necessarily preview much of Juventus's next game against Cagliari, which we see uh, old uh, grandpa. Claudio Ranieri coming back to Turin. So first one here from Kriku. I have no idea how to pronounce it, so that's my best chance. Would you be happy taking fourth place or higher playing, playing like Juventus did against Fiorentina the whole season? I think Sam would be absolutely just at a loss for words.
1: I would need some serious blood pressure medication. <laughs> but, I mean, I would be happy with us being in fourth place. Or high, you know, I, I would be very happy being going back to the Champions League next year. The issue becomes if we keep playing like this, I don't think we get any higher than that because I just think that you're not getting the most out of the talent that you have farther up the field than your defense.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I I I think the like we talked about last uh, last episode. I think the extreme of Pio and Tina the extremely low block and just the kind of extreme defensive play there I don't think that's sustainable over you know over the course of a season I think again I and I said this again also last uh, episode I think the more sustainable model is the type of play that we played against Lazio um I think that was again one of m- just the most balanced most balanced play that I've seen and just most balanced in terms of okay you're defending you're generally defending but you're you're not defending that much i mean you're not and obviously you're not going gung-ho attack you're still you know locking up shop at the back so i think that was a, a good compromise
0: all right well hopefully this next question doesn't get sam's blood boiling already mm. from at amit one is it time to appreciate a leg ball again now that we're winning again only as long as we keep winning there we go that's what i expected <laughs>
2: yeah uh,
0: chucks i'm sorry to interrupt but i just love the grin that you had on your face just waiting for sam's answer
2: yeah i mean it's (laughs) i mean we've known each other for long enough now that we've uh we've all kind of learned how we all (laughs) function i guess how, how we all think and uh yeah i don't know it's it's kind of a beauty in the Habits or beauty into in knowing each other. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, uh, what was the question? <laughs>
0: Is it time to appreciate Allegri ball again now that we're uh, winning right.
2: again? Yeah, I mean, yes, appreciate it in the sense that we are defensively truly. I mean, we're the joint best defense in the league uh, with Inter. We're top, you know, top of the league. So I absolutely am proud of just the solid, solid defending that the team has uh, done this season. But yeah, I mean, sure, like, I appreciate like it. I mean, yes, I guess I don't know. I I still I don't really know where I after all this time. I still don't really know how I feel about it.
0: <laughs> Come on, you've, you've had how much how much time now?
2: Yeah, it's. I think, like I said, I think the extreme of Fiorentina, I, I I can't really deal with that. Once again, I appreciate just how incredibly well we defended, but I don't know. That's that was a little too much. That was a little too much for me. I, I think I appreciate it just in the sense that it it goes against this established belief in football of like only attacking football is beautiful and great and awesome and defending is just like pff, whatever we don't care like I, I appreciate it for kind of hitting against that narrative and, and kind of providing some balance and diversity I guess in football of like okay there are other styles of play and you know, we don't all have to be Manchester cities. Like, that's not the only way of playing football. You know, we're not all Barcelona. That's so like, the not the only way. There are different ways. So I guess in that sense, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I'll close it on this note. If you are going to play defensively, like Max Allegri wants to play, where it's very defensive, uh, or at least very much uh, emphasis on defense, you have to be good defensively. Because we've seen... We've seen Juventus, especially since Max came back for his second tenure, try and play defensively, try and you know play a low block, but they're still allowing X amount of goals per game. And at least this season, and especially of lately, where they're now, I believe, closing in on 600 minutes since their last goal, which ironically was scored by a Juventus player, I might oh. add. They're at least executing well on the defensive end. Obviously, there's still so much left to be said about what they're doing in the attacking department, but at least they're setting up to play defensively and they're getting it done because the last thing we want to see is Juventus set up with a low block and then uh, one of those, what was it, 50 crosses, chucks? More than just a few of them are hitting their intended targets and then Tech Chesney is having to make more than just a couple of world-class saves yeah basically, basically, the plan the plan is working. I guess that's the that's the shorter way to say it, yeah, but yes, Fiorentina, definitely an extreme. And uh, yeah, I don't i don't I'm still not convinced by how sustainable it is
2: uh, and and also one more quick note uh, before yep. we close. yeah you know, and Sam kind of alluded to this in a previous episode, but the issue of playing such a low block is indeed like the risk of what happens when there's a mistake. Because if there's a mistake when you're playing so close to your own goal, there's a greater probability that it will result in a goal because it's so close to your own goal, rather than if you're playing a little higher up. If you make a mistake, then the opposition players still have more work to do to get to your goal. So I think that's just just that risk factor is greater uh, with that, that type of football.
0: All right, well, we'll wrap it up on Chuck's final note. So thank you all for the Twitter questions. We got to the ones we couldn't get to in Monday's episode, so we appreciate those. As always, uh, if you want to send in Twitter questions, feel free to do so at Juventus Nation on the Twitter machine. Follow us there. Follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN, fansfirstsports.com for all of the podcasts across the network. To get all set up and good and ready for all upcoming episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to drop us a five-star rating and a review. So for Sam, for Chucks, for Sergio, and for Producer Cash, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys during the next international break next week.